You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome into Stacking the Box podcast with Ian McMillan and Sterling Holmes. I am Sterling Holmes. It is a gorgeous day here in Kansas City. Beautiful uh, Masters Week. It's upon us. We are getting close, but we're not talking that right now. We're talking NFL and a lot to get into. Ian, how are you doing? I'm doing well, my friend. It's a beautiful day here in New York City as well. Uh, March Madness wrapped up last night. I cashed in a, a UConn bet. Uh, so I'm doing well. I got an extra pep in my step. Yeah, I, I hear you're sharing that with me with your Tennessee bet not hitting. Is that what we're going with now? That's the uh, that was the deal. If UConn wins, you send that money to me. Uh, you'll get about twenty dollars of that money from me when you uh, send me the receipt for the six pack that owe you. So uh, yeah, I guess I guess in a sense you will be getting some of that winning. Stuff. Hey, twenty bucks for a six pack. Didn't know I was dealing with such a classy man. But let's get into it. <laughs> uh, let's get into the big story. I want to spend some time with on this. I know you want to spend some time on this. It's the big storyline of the NFL: which quarterback will be taken first overall in the NFL draft. I want to go through these quarterbacks one by one. We'll go through all four. Don't know your thoughts. My thoughts are CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. Those are the, it's going to be one of those two. One of those two will be the first overall draft pick, but I want to hit on each four just to give a little background on why I think two of them are not going to be drafted first overall. Who do you want to start with first? Let's start with your number four, if you want to, Ian, your fourth quarterback. That way we can just get them out of the way early. Yeah, I would say my fourth quarterback would be Will Levis. Now, I did so. What I did was at the, I think it was right after the Super Bowl, I placed a bet on Will Levis to be the first overall pick because every single year it seems like there's a player that's not projected to be first overall, but then has a big combine and they get a lot of hype around them. And then there's whispers that might go first overall, and sometimes they do. Um, I was hoping Will Levis was going to be that guy. Turns out that guy uh, is Anthony Richardson. So uh, I picked the wrong kind of dark horse guy, but uh, I mean, I don't hear any whispers of Will Levis going first overall. 
all. Um, I haven't seen a single whisper of that the entire time. He's probably the fourth quarterback out of the four. Uh, so I think we can get that one out of the way. Uh, if you want to touch on him, go ahead. But I think it's pretty safe to say there is a zero, 0% chance of him going first overall. Yeah, no whisper, careless or otherwise. Uh, Will Levis is my number four as well. I, I went to Mizzou, watched a lot of SEC games, saw him in person. He, he just never shined. There was nothing about him that screamed, yeah, this is who I want to hitch my wagon to, let alone a first-round quarterback, let alone first overall. I just don't see it in Will Levis. I understand people like to say the the arm strength, the uh, release is effortless. But when nearly a quarter of his passes were thrown to targets behind the line of scrimmage in 2022, according to PFF, uh, if you don't trust to make those throws in Kentucky, in college, how are you going to be trusted to make those throws in the NFL? Because you can make those throws compared to can you do it in game action completely different situations we saw it with zach wilson right zach wilson had that great pro day everyone's talking about look at the arm strength look at the talent but can you do it in game action honestly will levis reminds me a little bit of zach wilson as far as the talent might be there the arm strength might be there i just don't see it translating to the nfl if you want some positives he's 6'4 he's 229 um he is a fairly athletic quarterback as well but again, I just don't see it. The production wasn't there for Will Levis in college. And when you're just basing everything off of arm strength, you got to have more than that. The big question for me, though, is how big are his hands? Wasn't that wasn't that was that Joe Burrow that like people Joe were Burrow. saying, yeah, his hands weren't big enough. And the hand the hands measurement was a big hot topic for a couple of drafts. I haven't heard uh, any hand measurements this year. I will say I think it was I think it was Joe Burrow. He did have small hands because. I'm 5'10". I have decently big-sized hands for my size. But if I have the same hands as a NFL quarterback... Um, I have tiny hands. Probably not good. Yeah, we'll, we'll do some hand sizes, right? Now. If yeah. I put mine closer, I think it means mine's bigger. But it's not a big deal. Not as big of a deal as folks like to think. Unless you're playing on Buffalo every single game of the season when it's snowing and cold, then sure, you might have some trouble holding on the ball. But it hasn't affected Joe Burrow. hasn't affected other quarterbacks in the past. I think hand size is overblown. But let's get into number three. Well, really quick, i got one last quick comment about Will Levis. Um, I'm going to bring this some betting odds twist to it because, uh, in my opinion, that's the best place to look for probability. Will Levis right now plus 5,000 to go first overall, which is an implied uh, probability of 1.96%, which I actually think is generous. I think it's like less than 1%. So uh, he is by far on the odds list, the longest of the four. Yeah, and uh, we'll see where he gets drafted. I'm assuming still first round. Quarterbacks are getting drafted higher and higher. higher. You have to hit on a guy before your team can really take off. Uh, We'll see where Will Levis is drafted. If it were me, though, I wouldn't be thrilled if he was going to my team. Uh, all right, number three. Who do you have as number three on this? Uh, Anthony Richardson. I think we we touched on him last week. Um, he's a guy who's, he, who I thought was I thought Will Levis was going to get all the hype. It turns out it's Anthony Richardson. I knew someone would, and it turns out it's him. Uh, had a great combine, solid pro day. For some reason, he's getting a ton of hype. But and like I said, we talked about this last week. But when you look at his play at Florida, uh, it's not anything impressive. Uh, and I'm still a little bit confused why he's getting as much as hype as as he is. I'm thinking maybe it's just NFL writers and, and NFL media just need something to talk about and write about, and a little bit of a lull in the uh, NFL news cycle. So maybe they're just hyping up Anthony Richardson just to give people something to talk about. Part of me thinks it might be something to do with that. 
but I still think he's, I do think he's above Levis, but I think there's a, a gap between uh, Stroud and Young and Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I, I would 100% agree. I will say Richardson might have the most upside of any quarterback. He might have the most variance of any quarterback. Uh, I don't think his play is very similar to Trey Lance, but if you want to take a guy as an example of who might have the highest upside, but who also probably has the lowest floor, you're probably looking at Anthony Richardson, uh, incredibly athletic, the most athletic quarterback in this draft. Uh, and he's a big guy. He's 6'4", 244. You're talking Cam Newton size, right? You're, you're talking uh, close to Josh Allen size. We're not talking about uh, Kyler Murray athleticism. We're talking about a big dude. So he should be able to take a hit. Uh, in his final year at Florida, he threw for 2,549 yards, uh, 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions, only completing 53.8% of his passes. But then again, you see 654 yards rushing, nine touchdowns on the ground. But again, that arm, that accuracy, uh, that is beyond concerning for me. Yeah, that completion percentage is uh, is not good. That's for sure. Um, in terms of the betting odds, he's ten to one to go first overall, which is an implied probability of nine point zero nine percent, so around a nine percent chance of going first overall. But I don't think the Carolina Panthers would trade all the way up to number one to then take Anthony Richardson. I think he's clearly a quarterback that you could have got at three, at four, or five overall potentially. So uh, I don't think the Panthers intended on Richardson being their guy when they traded the Bears for the, for the number one pick. I will say if you want some positives of Anthony Richardson going into, we, we saw the pro day, but his last six days or his last six games at Florida, touchdown to interception ratio, 12 to two. So if you want to take some positives, that's SEC play. That's the guy progressing as the year went on. Maybe that's what people are getting hyped about, saying, all right, he's finally settled in. He was never the full-time guy until last year. Got his opportunity and then made the most of it as the season progressed. If you want a positive, there it is. I want to say one thing about pro days. I, I, I'm beginning to hate pro days. Uh, I hate watching clips of quarterbacks thrown to receivers with no defense, no pass rush. Um, Sterling, I, I don't know if you're a big uh, like UFC, MMA, or boxing fan, but to me, it's like the same thing when we see fighters hitting pads, and we're like, oh, look at this guy. He's ready for this fight. Look at him hit pads. It's like, it means <laughs> nothing to throw into wide open receivers. Like, if they're going to be an NFL quarterback, you better hope they nail every single one of those throws where there's no defender or no pass rush. Yeah, you're <laughs> supposed to be able to do that. Just like boxers, yeah, you're supposed to be able to look good hitting pads. Like, uh, I'm, I'm sick of it because now it's, it's a yearly thing that there's at least one quarterback that we see clips on Twitter and they're like, oh yeah, look, Anthony Richardson, look at this throw. A couple years ago is all oh, Zach Wilson. Can you believe this dime that he threw at his pro day with no defense and no pass rush? Uh, I'm getting very no sick pads. of pro days. No pads, by no the pads way. No pads too, yeah. You're rocking shorts and a t-shirt. You better get some good uh, some good throws and I'm with you 100%. That, that always drives me insane. Uh, it's always like, it's a great pro day. If it's a bad pro day as a quarterback, you really screwed up. Yes. You really had a bad day then. You you were just chucking the ball into the ground. That's what you would have to do to have a bad pro day. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's get into number two. Who's your number two quarterback? Um, I think right now it's Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young goes to the Texans. Um, but my main thing is the betting odds, and that's kind of what the odds have kind of indicated. I have learned that that's kind of the best way to predict what's going to happen. Bryce Young right now plus 225, so he is a, a little bit of separation has been created between Stroud and Young. That's a 30% chance of going first overall. Uh, no, it seems like Stroud's going to be the guy. So I think Bryce Young is is number two on the list right now. Yeah, I feel bad agreeing with you because I wanted a little more back and forth, but <laughs> I, I think that's where I'm at. And I can't believe I'm talking myself into an Ohio State quarterback first overall, but here I am. I, I don't have necessarily a ton against Bryce Young. But again, I have more questions about Bryce Young than I do about C.J. Stroud. I think Alabama, you can make a similar case for do they produce the best quarterbacks? If you want to say Jalen Hurts, I will listen to that argument. To a tug of Aloha, we've not seen a ton of, I don't want to say a ton of elite talent from, if that makes sense. To a tug of Aloha has been a fine NFL quarterback. We've not necessarily seen him make his team better. Bryce Young is more athletic than C.J. Stroud, but Bryce Young still isn't this crazy athletic specimen. He's not Kyler Murray, even though he's Kyler Murray's size. Uh, he's five foot ten. He's two hundred four pounds. If you want to talk about the hand size, here you go: nine and three quarter inches. He obviously was just phenomenal at Alabama. There's no taking away from what he did. He was the most productive quarterback in college, right? So it's tough to knock him for what he did in college, but you are surrounded the same way CJ Stroud is by elite talent all over the field. Um, you're not tasked to do a ton at Alabama. You just aren't compared to other quarterbacks. You're not tasked to do the same. I'm just so concerned with his size. That really is a big difference maker for me. Yeah. And I think uh, the way Kyler Murray's career has gone the past couple of years is kind of actually hurting Bryce Young. If Kyler Murray obviously uh, has, you know, similar height, uh, to Bryce Young, if he, you know, had been an MVP or 
had thrown together multiple years now where he's been able to stay healthy the entire year and maybe a playoff win or two, then I think people would be a lot more willing to look past uh, Bryce Young's size. But now with Kyler Murray battling injuries almost every single year, and when he did get to the playoffs, it did not look good. And people are, you know, he's still a very talented quarterback, and he has shown that he can have success, but uh, it comes down to can he stay healthy and the longevity uh, of the uh, of his health when he gets to the playoffs that the past couple of years has brought that, you know, question up. Um, and now people are probably looking at Bryce Young in a similar vein. Sure, he has a talent to get it done, but can he survive a 17-game season? Plus, uh, if you get to the playoffs at that size when you're getting hit by just absolute monsters on defense, um, that can be tough. It's tough to invest a lot into a guy like that. Yeah. Uh, from NFL.com. Uh, This is a quote from a personnel executive for an AFC team. Uh, The quote is, we all know he's small, but you grade the talent. And if you like him, you make sure he's protected and you you teach him to get the ball out on time. He carries himself like a winner. Uh, And I, I get that. It's easy to say you carry yourself like a winner when you played at Alabama, when you played at Ohio State. Right. I think Jalen Hurts may help this case a little bit because Jalen Hurts, the talk about him was always he carries himself like a winner. And we saw how the team rallied around him. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles in his first real season taking over the helm, they go to the Super Bowl. Maybe there is something to consistently winning in college. You can make the case for it, but it's not like Josh Allen consistently won in college. It's not like Mahomes consistently won in college. Uh, Justin Herbert won a decent amount, but it's not like Oregon ever did really anything crazy, right? They maybe made it to a – when he was there, I can't remember if they made it to a um, the, the playoffs. I can't remember if they did or not when he was there. I don't, I don't think, think they so. did. Oh. But Joe Burrow obviously did. He won. But I think it's a little overblown, this carrying yourself like a winner, what you did in college. It may have some some values. You know what to do in these big moments, but at times I feel like it's a little overblown. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, so let's get into our number one guy, C.J. Stroud. What do you see from him? Yeah, well, C.J., if you want to look at the betting odds to go first overall, C.J. Stroud is a minus 350 favorite. So the betting odds indicate he's going to be the first overall pick. That's a 77.78% implied probability. It sounds like, at least all the reports coming out, that he is the Panthers guy. One thing that you brought up uh, a little bit earlier that I kind of forgot about Ohio State is they have not had good quarterback success in the NFL for whatever reason. Like Justin Fields, even though he's a couple of years in the, into his career, is like already the best. Uh, I just brought up a list of Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL. Dwayne Haskins, Cardale Jones, Terrell Pryor, Troy Smith, Craig Krenzel, Joe, Joe Germain. I mean, we're getting into the 90s now, but uh, for as good of a college football program that they have, they have not had any success at quarterback in the NFL, which is strange. Is, is, that, is that just... Is that a result of the program? Is that just, you know, bad luck? Is it the style of offense they play? Obviously, they've they've had different coaches throughout that time, but uh, very strange. I, I do think it's a combination of what I said earlier, a little bit of when your team surrounding you is so good, it's tough to get a really good feel because you're not tasked to do a lot. That's why Alabama, Georgia, I think Oklahoma, for example, typically has great quarterbacks. Uh, you can say what you will about, you know, Baker eventually transferring there, and then you, you can make the case for Kyler Murray, but they're tasked to do a lot at Oklahoma. That's what they do. They build their team around the quarterback. They don't build their team around the quarterback at Ohio State. They don't do it at Alabama. They don't do it at Georgia. You almost want a game manager. They look for game managers first and foremost. Uh, that's what it feels like while Oklahoma, 
uh, and other schools, they try and find the, co- the quarterback first and then build around. I think that's probably a big difference maker here. Yeah, that 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 makes a lot of sense. Um, does would that if you were a GM of an NFL team and you were trying to decide what quarterback to take with the first overall pick, does a quarterback being from Ohio State does that would that scare you at all, or would you not put that into your evaluation whatsoever? I don't think you put that much into it. Maybe you look and see what they did, what they were tasked to do. Can they consistently make those throws? But if you just rule out a school uh, for their past, uh, I think this is too difficult to go on because you could be leaving a very good prospect on the table. Ohio State will eventually have a quarterback that turns into a stud. Alabama yep. will as well. You got to hit in that guy. You have to hit that guy. If you rule out that school, uh, I understand having you and I have it in the back of our mind saying, well, there hasn't been a guy from there in a while who's been – anything worth his salt in the NFL. But if you're an NFL GM, you almost have to take that out of the equation because if you have that mindset going in, you're going to cloud your judgment on that certain player. Yeah, makes sense. But then again, I, sometimes I think sometimes I think GMs are way smarter than us, and sometimes I think they aren't. <laughs> sometimes they just make a decision, and you're just like, like with the Chiefs, when they drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire at 32nd overall, and you're sitting here going, really? You're drafting a running back. On this team, you're drafting a running back in the first round. And I'm sure there's going to be a running back taken the first round this year as well. And we'll sit here saying, you drafted a running back in 2023 in the first round. After what we've seen, <laughs> again, I'm not saying we're smarter than GMs, but they're liable to make questionable decisions as well. Yes, for sure. So with CJ Stroud, uh, pretty big dude, 6'3", 214, 10-inch uh, hand size, uh, athleticism is not great. He's not unathletic, but that's not his calling card. Uh, you would probably label him more as a traditional pocket passer more than anything else. I, I, that's probably where you where you land with him. I uh, was obviously very productive in college. Uh, in 2022, led the FBS in pass efficiency at 177.7, throwing for 3,688 yards, completed 66.3% of his passes, and then ranking second in the FBS with 41 touchdowns and only six interceptions. Um, that's what really stands out. The efficiency in college stands out, and it wasn't just dump downs. Uh, he was third in the FBS with 9.48 yards per attempt, according to Chad Reuter. So again, it's not just dump downs. That's a guy who's actually getting the ball down the field. Yeah, I think uh, I think Stroud has a higher floor than Bryce Young. I think he's kind of like more safer pick, I would say. So, yeah, if I were the Panthers, I'd take Stroud. Yeah, uh, that's where I'm going with. I would stick with C.J. Stroud. But what I think you and I have gone through maybe since the stage for why I didn't think the Panthers should have traded up to, to number one. I'm not convinced C.J. Stroud is going to be an elite NFL quarterback. I'm not convinced Bryce Young or Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. Um, I think if we all agreed, maybe Anthony Richardson might have the most upside. I think we could all agree C.J. Stroud probably has the highest floor. But you don't really have a guy that you're looking at of the Joe Burrow ilk, of the Trevor Lawrence ilk, of the – well, frankly, I thought Deshaun Watson at the time was kind of of that same situation as well. I thought Deshaun Watson coming out of college was going to be in that same uh, same boat, but he wasn't obviously for uh, some other reasons too. Yeah, I agree. There's no there's no top tier quarter. I, I think like if you're sitting with the fourth or fifth or pick, then you may as well just take the Anthony Richardson instead of giving up a ton of assets to go get C.J. Stroud. But yeah. uh, at the end of the day, who knows? Time will tell. Maybe yeah. one of them, maybe a couple, of them, maybe all four end up being studs in the NFL. Yeah, and we've seen draft classes where a lot look good, 
we've some seen where almost no quarterback has looked very good. Uh, the Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, uh, Mac Jones. As of now, you're seeing a lot of guys who have been misses. Then you look back at when was Joe Burrow's draft? Who all was, was in there with Joe Burrow? Was that the Justin Fields? Was Justin Fields that draft? Are, are we getting this old? Are we becoming this old? Are you looking my, back? My brain just shut off about that. Was Justin Fields in that? I think. I even ate blackberries this morning to help boost my, I will my say mental state. The Joe Burrow draft, though, was the middle of the pandemic in 2020. So um, Joe Burrow was in with Tua, Justin Herbert. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That, that was a pretty good draft, right? Yes. Realistically, looking back on it, Justin Herbert, franchise quarterback. Joe Burrow, franchise quarterback. Tua Tagovailoa remains to be seen, but it, he seems more towards a starting quarterback for a long time in the NFL than anything else. Like that's one where you had three at least franchise altering quarterbacks. That's the rarity, in my opinion. Yeah, a couple of good receivers too: C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson. Sheesh, that was a good draft. Yeah, look at 2013. Uh, don't look at 2013. That first round was uh, um, not good. Not good. That one will actually, uh, if you're a Chiefs fan, you remember that one very well. Very, very well. Uh, let's get into into the future. Uh, are you concerned about Jalen Carter's pro day? I am concerned about it, um, especially because there is a lot of whispers and rumors that the Falcons might draft him, um, which I don't know. Cause I mean, if you're just talking about top end talent, yes, but I'm concerned with what's happened the past couple of weeks. Obviously he was involved in that car car crash that killed a teammate of his. Uh, and that has obviously affected him to some degree, but he came into his pro day nine pounds uh, overweight. Uh, didn't look good in the drills whatsoever. And also Dan Campbell said something kind of cryptic about him. Uh, he said, we talked to a teammate of his the other day and man, he told us some things we didn't know that nobody probably would have known. It was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, what does that mean? Is that a positive yeah. thing or a negative <laughs> thing? I have no idea. Uh, so I'm concerned. Uh, am I am I going to be upset if the Falcons draft him? No, I'm not going to be upset, but I am I, I'm cautious um, about him. It's it's been a very weird offseason for him, for sure, in a lot of different ways. Yeah. When Dan Campbell was uh, asked to expound on that, he talked more about it. He said it's interesting. I, I don't know. I don't know which way you take that. Right. With a lot of the news obviously coming out surrounding it, it it's kind of sullied the reputation of Carter, right? We're not talking about a guy who's coming in. We're just talking about his talent. There's not just a concern about talent now, or should I say conditioning now. There's concerns off the field. And when right. you hear that from Dan Campbell, you automatically think the worst. And again, it could be a positive. Maybe this is the Lions trying to throw a smoke screen out saying, hey, we want him at six. We don't want anyone else to, to draft him before us. We're going to say some cryptic things. Uh, it's all positive. But the way we say it, maybe th people think it's negative. I don't know, uh, but I would be very, very concerned. Nine pounds overweight, not looking good. The off the field issues. Um, and I mean, I especially when this is the time when these kids should be at their most motivated because where they get drafted directly impacts how much money they get paid. Yeah. Um, this is not the time. It's not like they've already been drafted, have already signed a big contract, have already got a big signing bonus. This is now when you need to be at your most motivated and then you come in nine pounds overweight and you look terrible in the drills that you run, the few that you do, concerning, yeah. for sure. Very, very much so. And then his agent, was it Drew Rosenhaus? Yes. Saying they're not going to meet with anyone outside the top 10, which, what an asinine thing. What if a team trades into the top 10 for him? Right. What if a team wants to draft him, but they weren't able to meet with him? 
I, I found that very fascinating, very uh, a miscalculation, if you will, from Rosenhaus. Again, he obviously knows more than we do. He's been around a long time. But that to me seems like a, a miscalculation, uh, in my opinion. Maybe he thinks, hey, actually him meeting with teams is actually a detractor. So let's, let's say uh, he's going to go top 10, so we're not going to meet with anyone in the top 10 to actually kind of save his draft stock a little bit, if mm. that makes any sense. Sure. If you think the, the meetings are going that poorly, might not be a bad way to go. Might not be a bad way to go. Uh, let's look into the future number two. Uh, which team can improve the most with the NFL draft? Um, I'm going to say the Lions and the reason why. So they have two first overall picks that pick number six and number 18. Um, but even more so than that, they can just completely focus on the defensive side of the football because they actually had one of the best offenses in the NFL last year. If they think they can replicate that success offensively, then all they need to do is fix their defense because their defense was in turn one of the worst defenses in, in the NFL. So the two first round picks some picks later in the draft. If they can just focus solely on defense and they make some solid picks here uh, they, and they can improve their defense even a little bit, uh, their offense is still going to be better if they can replicate the success they had last year. But just even improving that defense a little bit is going to put them in contention in a conference that is very weak in a division that will likely be very weak as well. Yeah, uh, the Lions were a good one, uh, but I'm going to go with the Eagles. And here's why. The Eagles also have two first round draft picks. And they have a first-round draft pick top 10. Uh, They have a pick 10 overall and then pick 30, right? This is a team that just went to the Super Bowl in a horrendous conference. Their division's not bad, right? Their division's pretty solid. Their conference is horrendous. And you have a top 10 pick coming off of a Super Bowl? Yeah, sign me up. I'm all in. I know they've lost some pieces. I know their defense is uh gonna have to be retooled but you kept Darius Slay right you kept some big some big names I think the Eagles adding a top 10 pick and then another first rounder gives them a huge chance to repeat in the NFC Uh, I think for them this is just a a massive chance for them to improve and not only that two first rounders fifth year option rookie contract that's big for a team like the Eagles yeah, uh, yeah. I think you, you got to look at some NFC teams if we're talking about teams that can really improve in the draft and really make an impact because of just how weak the NFC is. Whereas, um, is a couple of rookies going to improve a team enough that you're going to be able to compete with uh, the Chiefs and the Bengals and the Bills? Probably not. But in the NFC, a couple of big draft picks uh, that end up uh, turning out good can turn you from a borderline playoff team to a you know, certified playoff team. And if you're a certified playoff team, in the NFC, you can win the NFC because yeah. uh, there's not much there. So if the Eagles can boost themselves even more, they go from NFC favorites to even bigger NFC favorites. One team we didn't mention the Panthers, the team that traded up to get their quarterback. This is again, I think you, why you and I both agree that first overall draft pick might be a little overrated. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if they get the if they make the right choice of quarterback and that quarterback ends up being, you know, a top 10 guy, top 15 guy in the NFL, then that's huge for them. But that's a big what if. And they gave up other picks in order to move into that spot. So now your kind of entire draft hinges on whether or not you make the right selection at number one overall. So but before we move forward, do you think the Houston Texans, because I'm very impressed with what they've done this offseason. I know people might be listening saying, why the Houston Texans? They won't be good. I'm not saying they're going to be good next year, but they're giving their quarterback a chance to succeed. They're going to draft a QB first round. We know this. But they re-signed Laramie Tunsil. 
They paid the blind side, who is one of, if not the best left tackles in football. They brought in the best free agent tight end in Dalton Schultz. They brought in Robert Woods uh, to replace uh, who left? Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks, who left? Yeah. yeah. I like what they've done. The Houston Texans have tried to at least give their rookie quarterback a fighting chance to see what he can provide. I think the Texans have a lot going on for them going forward. And again, they're, they're, they're laying the groundwork. So maybe they can improve a lot with his NFL draft just based on the fact that they can actually see what they have in the rookie quarterback by giving him a chance. Yeah, the Texans do have the most overall picks uh, in this draft as well. So obviously quantity uh, with the amount of picks, hopefully you can land a couple of them. I think two first-round picks, yeah, number two overall, number 12 overall. But the Texans just have so many holes to fill that it's going to be – you're going to need more than just the NFL draft and a couple free agencies to make them a – playoff team so yeah again i'm not saying they're gonna be good i'm just saying i like the groundwork you gotta start somewhere and they're starting somewhere uh let's get into the future number three will carson wins get another shot at a starting role i don't think so i don't even know if he's gonna get a shot as a backup quarterback i mean i'm sure he will but i mean i I think people are done with carson wins and hasn't he like not like he doesn't really help other like didn't he like not help heineke or wasn't there a story that came out that he doesn't like give like rookies or young guys behind him like the time of day at all which doesn't really give him any value as a backup quarterback if one of these teams with a young guy will want to bring him in as a backup but unless a team signs him or what i could see happening is he's not signed by a team and then someone has their quarterback go down next year and they they sign him and bring him in and see what he can do but the carson wentz experience uh, is over yeah he's he's 30 years old now at this point uh, it's not like he's a young gun he's 30 11 touchdowns and nine interceptions last year average 6.4 yards per attempt uh he hasn't been good since what year was that uh 2017 17 i mean geez where 2019 wasn't bad i'll give you that 2019 with the eagles 27 touchdowns seven interceptions over uh 4, yards but you haven't been good your last three years, man. Yeah, I just don't see a team taking a chance on him, maybe as a backup, but is he ready at his point to do this? Is he ready to embrace the role of a backup? We've never heard incredible things, as you mentioned. He's almost done, man. Carson Wentz is almost done. It's, it's, It's interesting how he flamed out so quickly after what was such a torrid start to his career, right? Because uh, it was him and Jared Goff who went one and two. Yep. And you thought Jared Goff was probably good. At least I did. I thought Jared Goff was going to be the first one done. I thought he was about done when he left L.A. Kind of that throw in in the, in the Stafford trade to the Lions. Next thing you know, Goff had an incredible year last year. And Carson Wentz hasn't been good in three. Yeah, I was wrong. Jared Goff season it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think he's done, Jared. And I would, to be honest, I'm not even that all. Even though he had Jared Goff had a great year in Detroit last year, I, I'm not sold on him yet. But yeah, I think Carson Wentz is done. Oh, I'm not saying Jared Goff's a franchise altering quarterback, but right, I was but very he's still impressed. Around, yeah, and I was impressed with what he did last year. Yeah, he sure. did it with Sean Mc, Sean McVay, and now he did it with Dan Campbell. If you do it in two different spots, that at least lends more to you being a really solid quarterback than anything else. Yep. Wouldn't you take that next team to? Uh, the playoffs, two teams in the playoffs, and you could really make that case. And they were close last year. Yeah, they were close. Uh, let's get into stacking the. Let's get into into the future number four. Who is the best free agent left, and where could he land? 
Uh, I think it's Leonard Floyd, um, edge rusher, and I hope that he ends up in Atlanta. He got nine sacks last season. He's 30 years old. He'll be 31, I think, when the new season starts. But still has a couple years left in him, still available. And fun fact, he's from Atlanta. Mm. And what does Atlanta need? More pass rushers. So Atlanta needs a lot more than that. Atlanta also needs a quarterback, but that's – Absolutely not. The Desmond Ritter hate. We almost got through a show without you uh, spewing your Desmond Ritter hate. It's honestly just a bit now at this point. It's just a bit. Okay. I have nothing. See, I can do this. I got got my Augusta flowers on over here. Yeah. I I was going to comment on the shirt. It's a great shirt. Thank you. I'm even rocking green shorts right now. I'm I'm all in. Okay. I'm all in. But the guy I'm going with is Yannick Ngakwe. I was surprised when I looked up his – Stats. First off, he's 28 years old. Mm-hmm. Just turned 28 years old. Feels like he's been in the NFL for a long time. But let's go back to 2016 when he came in. Eight sacks as a rookie, then 12, then nine and a half, then eight, then eight, then 10, then nine and a half last year. That's consistency. I know you're not seeing the 14s, the 15s, but you're seeing a consistent impact player. Now look at the games played 16, 16. 16, 15, 15, 17, 15. A consistent production guy who stays healthy. That's what you need. Again, uh, I I get Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd's a very talented player as well. But I like the consistency and the ability to stay healthy of Ngakwe. That really stands out to me. So I I would go with him being my number one free agent target for um, any team basically left still on the open market. He's a very talented under the radar player too. Uh, Is there a free agent that you're hoping the Chiefs get? Well, he would be my number one. I I don't see it happening. The the Chiefs don't really have a cap issue as much as it seems to be a cash issue. Uh, It it seems like they're a little tight for cash right now. And that's the main issue with the DeAndre Hopkins with some of these other holdups. Uh, why I personally believe they're not going through. I don't see this happening. Too big of a name. Too much money is going to go to Ngakwe. While I think he's an under-the-radar player uh, and he's not some elite pass rusher, some team will sign him to a pretty lucrative deal, and I just don't think it's going to be Kansas City. I think he's pricing himself out. Kansas City has shown they're trying to get younger and more cost-controlled. I don't know where Ngakwe would go. Uh, The Bears obviously have a lot of money to play with. I wonder if the Atlanta Falcons, for example, as you mentioned, they need a pass rusher and Gawkway would fit that role of a veteran guy who's always consistent. Wonder if he goes there. Trying to think of some playoff caliber teams. Maybe he wants to go back because he played with the Ravens, obviously. The Ravens have been uh, good for a while. Uh, Played with Vegas and then last year with the Colts. Wonder if he wants to get back to his winning ways. Yeah, I was looking at the list of free agents. There's still quite a few out there, especially some of those ed- edge rushers out there. Some quality quality players still out there. OBJ is obviously the, the biggest name still left, but who knows what's going to happen with him. I, I'm shocked that Calais Campbell got signed before Ngakwe. I will say that. Yes. <laughs> Leadership. I, I just find it what funny. Need. He, he's going to be, what, 37 yeah, it's a one-year contract. I actually think it is just like a veteran leadership role. I don't think he's going to have a massive impact on the field in terms of his play, but uh, we have a young defense. We need the veteran presence. Uh, he's a good off-the-field guy. He's a great locker room guy. I, I, I don't hate the signing for a one-year contract. Bring him in. I'm not going to lie. I thought Calais Campbell to Kansas City could have been a legitimate option as well just because it would have been a one-year signing. You're not giving him a long-term lucrative deal, uh, but – There we go. He's going to your team, not mine. 
And that's how it works. Uh, a couple other free agents. Let me know your thoughts on these. If you think that team should be in or out on these guys, Kenny Galladay, is he just done? I don't know. What do you think? Yes, I think he's beyond done. You know when you've washed a shirt like 37 times and you still can't get it stained out, so you just have to throw it out? Yes. That's where I'm, I'm at. very familiar with that. Yeah, yeah. I am too. I spill a lot of, lot of coffee, dude. I realize this now. I spill so much coffee. How the hell am I drinking? What am I doing wrong? Do my lips not work? It's a great question. A- Is it the mustache throwing it off, do you think? Could be the stash. Could be the holes in the cup. You know, I do poke a hole with a screwdriver each time I drink coffee. Could be that. Who knows? But man, I spill so much coffee. That and mustard, dude. I'm a big mustard guy, and that's a dangerous game to play. You think barbecue sauce, but barbecue sauce really comes out. You can get barbecue sauce out of your clothes. I have an issue with mustard. I used to have a phobia of mustard. Uh, and then I had to get over it because I worked at a Wendy's. But I, I think mustard's the most disgusting thing on the planet. Congratulations on being wrong. Mustard is versatile. It's delicious. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Uh, I can't even look at it. Ketchup like the, is, is the worst condiment out there. I will I will die on that hill. Ketchup is is overrated. Uh, why use ketchup when I could use either barbecue sauce, which is just flavored, delicious, way better ketchup. Uh, I could use ranch or mustard. Ketchup serves no purpose. Get out of here with your ketchup. Throw it away and eat a real tomato. Come on, don't put sugar in your tomatoes. Eat real tomatoes. I don't like ketchup either, so. All right, Ian and I agree on something. See, we have way hotter takes on food, apparently, than we do on this actual. Okay, it is also April 4th. It's April 4th. Yes. It's tough to have just flaming hot takes right now. <laughs> yes, correct. Uh, Tom Brady, he's technically a free agent. Hey, there you go. There's your your free agent list. There you go. Yeah. Uh, two guys I do actually want to talk about. Actually, three guys really quickly. Marcus Peters, Donovan Smith, and Ezekiel Elliott. Marcus Peters had been so good for so long, but now he's 30. Does Marcus Peters still have a market left? Yeah, I think Marcus Peters does. Yeah. Um, even if he's, I think he's similar to Kalias Campbell, where even if he doesn't maybe have the talent that he used to, I think he can still provide a, a veteran voice in the locker room. So I'll, I'll say yes to Marcus Peters. Yeah, I, I would still like to see Marcus Peters around. Last year was his first year where you, he, he took a step back playing in only 13 games uh, 75% of snaps and only one interception. So not quite the ball hawk that he once was, but I still think Marcus Peters has a little something left in the tank. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, obviously he was not brought back. He was cut from the Cowboys. Cowboys going a different route, bringing in Ronald Jones to fill in the power back role for the Cowboys behind Tony Pollard. What happens to Zeke? Is he done? Is this a Todd Gurley situation where we just don't hear from him really ever again? Uh, what what what's Zeke have? No, someone's going to sign him. He'll, you always get one more kick at the can. Um, so someone's going to sign him. I I don't like whispers. It's going to be the Eagles. But like, is there a fan base out there that exists that that is clamoring to bring in Zeke Elliott? I think it might take a little while because I don't think teams are going to offer him the money that he thinks that he deserves. But he has not had played well in three straight seasons. Now, 2020, four yards a carry. 2021, 4.2 yards per carry. Last year, 3.8 yards per carry. That is atrocious. Uh, someone will give him another shot, though, because of his past success uh, early in his career and his, you know, his big name. I don't know who, who it's going to be. I certainly, if I was a fan base of any team, I would hope that it wasn't my team that's going to bring him in, but he'll he'll get one more shot, but I think it's going to take a little while because eventually he'll he'll have to come to terms with what the market is for him and already the market for running backs is not high 
And, and it's certainly not high for a guy who averaged 3.8 yards per carry this past season. Feels like a very Tampa Bay Buccaneers move. That feels like yeah. a very Buccaneers move. Uh, all right, Donovan Smith, and I'll even throw in Taylor Lewan. Two left tackles. Lewan, obviously, with tons of injuries that are starting to pile up, but we know what he is when he's healthy. Very good left tackle. Donovan Smith coming off a horrendous year for the Buccaneers. He got injured as well, playing in only 13 games. Uh, but before that, he was a solid left tackle. What do you make of those two guys? Do they have any market left? Because it feels like both have really flown under the radar. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't been signed, especially Luan. Um, I think there is a market for them. I think it might be similar to Zeke, though. I think it might just be a case of they're not going to get as much money as they think that they're worth, and they'll sign eventually, and maybe it's going to be teams uh, who are hoping to get uh, guys at that position in the draft, and then they don't get them, and then have to look go back to the free agent market. So I think they'll still get signed. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, I'm with you. Luan's a little... Less surprising for me, Donovan Smith is 29, and last year was his first real bad year. Uh, That offensive line for the Buccaneers was just decimated. It was horrendous all around. So I'm surprised that some team didn't think of that being the outlier in taking a shot on him. Uh, But again, we will see, and I think you bring up a very astute point. Maybe teams that don't get their guy in the draft look back on this, and that's the way they go. Uh, Let's get into some quick hitters. Uh, Darius Slay saying he was almost a Raven before returning to the Eagles. Not really much of an in or out, but how much of a loss is that for the Ravens? Yeah, big loss. Uh, The Ravens secondary, not really good last year. I think they picked it up a little bit in the second half of the season, but still average of best uh, secondary. They could have used him quite a bit, uh, especially with everything else that's going on with Ravens, with Lamar Jackson. That at least would have been a little win for them, uh, but it turns out to be another loss. So, uh, yeah, it's not good. Not good. You need need a secondary when you're playing in a division that involves Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, so... Uh, yeah, that hurts. I was also shocked that he returned to the Eagles because he had that Twitter post basically saying, I'm done. Thank you for everything. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. And then he is back. I wonder how that plays over. He did say he wanted to stay an Eagle. He wanted to be an Eagle. Uh, the Ravens gave him a very lucrative deal, basically the same deal. He says, if the Eagles match it, I'm going to Philly or stayed in Philly. And that's what apparently happened. It just seems weird. Why not let that play out? beforehand before you send this goodbye letter pinning it to the city uh but Darius Slay returns to the Eagles I think it's a great great re-sign for Philly he Darius Slay was maybe the best corner in football last year probably second best behind what Sauce Gardner Sauce Gardner as a rookie was unreal but Darius Slay was locking dudes down all season long uh he's what 32 if I'm not mistaken, uh, not a young guy, but he's still very, very effective. Big loss for the Ravens, huge keep for the Eagles. Uh, let's get into in or out number two, turf. This should help with injuries, in or out. And if you don't know, people who are listening to MetLife is with the Giants and the Jets play. A lot of injuries have piled up there over the past uh, few seasons. Been a major concern for players. Some people are very outspoken about the injuries there. They didn't go to grass, but apparently it's new turf. You in or out? I didn't know anything about this, so uh, that was going to be my question to you. Is it actual artificial turf or if it's grass? If it's if it's artificial turf, I'll say, oh, because that just – it seems to be players want to play on grass uh, in terms of injuries. Uh, I had way more injuries in my football career playing on turf uh, than I did grass, even though I always felt faster on turf which I think seems to be the case. But at the end of the day, these NFL players need to stay healthy. I'm If it's still artificial turf, I am out. It is still artificial turf. 
Uh, here's what I've found out. It's an updated version of Field Turf, a recent addition called Field Turf Core System, which is the first multi-layer dual polymer monofilament fiber. A lot of words that I have no idea what they mean, and I'm sure a lot of you don't as well. Uh, it sounds good. Sounds fancy, but will it keep injuries away? That remains to be seen. Uh, they claim this heavyweight infill design delivers a lower incidence of total injuries compared to various infill weights. The performance and durability of the surface are backed by multiple independent certified sources and was tested to 200,000 cycles on the fiber wear test by Penn State Center for Sports Surface Research. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> that was Same a lot way. of words that I don't really know what any of that stuff means. So it just sounds I guess we'll see. fancy. It, yeah, if it ends up being a better turf, then sure. But I'm no turf expert, so I can't really speak too much on this. But generally, it seems like the consensus amongst players um, is that they'd much rather play on grass. But maybe, hey, maybe this new fancy artificial turf will be uh, as good as grass in the injury department. But I'm, I'm not. I'm not confident. But once again, I'm no turf expert. Yeah, all those words are just fancy words, and it sounds like someone at the very end is going to say, and it can be yours for three easy right, payments exactly. of nineteen ninety nine <laughs> with my foolproof study. It, it just, it's words. Until we see it, we won't know. Um, I probably won't even be cautiously optimistic. I'll just be cautious because there's no reason for us to believe it until we see it. There's just yep. not. Can you get injured on grass? Of course, Arizona was known for that. Arizona and the Cardinals, they struggled. Even the Super Bowl wasn't great. Even it, we, we know this, right? It, 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 they struggled down there in Arizona. Maybe they just can't grow grass up there in New York. I don't know. You'd be better off uh, letting us know on that, Ian. Uh, I lived in the in the East Coast for a while in the Northeast, and there's not a lot of grass up there in general. They just decided to put concrete everywhere and call it a day. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, there's been a lot of concern about that, and they're at least doing something. So that's a positive. They're at least trying something different. Uh, but Kenny Pickett, will he be a legit starting quarterback for five-plus years with the Steelers? In or out? Uh, I'm going to say in. I'll say cautiously in. Um, he did improve as the year went on last year. The Steelers don't have a lot of weapons around him, kind of. Their offensive line wasn't great. I'm just looking at his stats right now. Got to cut down the interceptions. Nine interceptions is not good. I'll still say, I'll say yes. I, I, I'm in. I'm not confident, but if I have to choose an inner road, I'll say in. I, I'm in the same boat. I don't know. You've seen glimpses where you're like, all right, he looks pretty good. Not scared to throw the ball downfield. I know those next gen stats and PFF and stuff saying some of those interceptions aren't on him, but they're interceptions. We saw it. Don't throw the ball if you're throwing it to a receiver who can't come down with it. That's a bad decision. I don't care if you don't think it is. I think it is, and it ends up as one. He's got to cut down on some of those throws, but I like the aggressive nature more than, say, a, a Mac Jones, right? If you're scared to throw the ball in the NFL, good luck. You can't right. be scared. You have to at least have it try. Can you pick it tries, and maybe you want a guy who's more aggressive and you can temper those expectations back? Uh, so I think I will say in as well. I think he's their guy for the next five plus years. I think he gets at least this first rookie contract, but I think he probably gets that second one, which is why I said five plus. Cause I think that means that he gets another opportunity. And I think he does. I should have asked who's the starting quarterback longer. Can he pick it? Desmond Ritter. Well, Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter is going to be a hall of fame quarterback, bring us three Super Bowls. So 
Three. Three. Not one. You don't want to start there first. You don't want to start with maybe not. The guy's guy's a winner. He took the Cincinnati Bearcats to the college football playoff. Did he win, though? No, but that's he had no chance to win. That wasn't possible. Them winning the national championship was getting to the college football playoff. Oh, oh, and winning a Super Bowl with the Falcons apparently is possible. Okay. Um, Oh, man. Three. Man. Bless your heart, Ian. Bless your heart. Uh, Lamar ends up returning to the Ravens in or out. Out. I think he's my prediction now is that he's going to sit out this year and then sign with someone else the year after. I don't think, I think too many bridges have been burned for him to return to Baltimore at this point. So I'll say out. Yeah, I'm with you. I think out. I don't know if he sits out a year. I don't think that far ahead. I don't think he does that just based on we've not seen that have any sort of success. Dude sitting out a year, then coming back. Hell, I know it's for different reasons completely, but Sean Watson sat out a year and he was known as an elite quarterback. Look at him now. I get it relatively small sample size, but dude looks bad. Looks brutal. Jacoby Brissett looks better than him. I don't think Lamar Jackson sits out a year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he went to the Colts. That's my best bet still. I think the Colts take a chance on Lamar. I think that's the way uh, it, it goes. Although again, I'm still saying I want to see him go to Atlanta. I don't know why you don't want to win. Have him go to Atlanta. You win that division. You have a good chance of doing something in the playoffs because you have an exciting, talented team at that point. Have Lamar go to Atlanta. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'm fine with if, if he actually goes to Atlanta. I'm, I'm not going to like about how much they're going to have to pay money for him, but I, I'll take him in Atlanta. But I, I, and I used to think it was going to happen. I'm, I'm owed on it happening, though. From what I've heard from Arthur Smith and, and people in the Falcons organization, I believe them when they say that they're not interested. Uh, I think signing Taylor Heineke as Desmond Ritter's backup was the nail oh, in the Lamar can't Jackson. Get Lamar Jackson. We have Taylor Heineke. It's yeah. like the, it's like Washington saying, eh, we can't get Lamar. We got Sam Howell and who do they have? The Who else do they have? Sam Howell and Sam Howell's going to be their starter. No, uh, uh, Jacoby Brissett, wasn't it? Sure. Yeah, I think that's who it was. Yeah, oh, no, our quarterback room is full. When you have Sam Howell, don't want to go after a... Yeah, Jacoby Brissett. No, I, I think, yeah, but I think Atlanta's moved on from Lamar Jackson. But if they, yeah. Hey, if I'm wrong and they get him out, I'll, I'll be fine with that. It'll be exciting. Sure. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think it's Colts or nothing. All right, so what's going on with you? Before we get out of here, what's going on? It's Masters week, um, obviously, which is uh, huge. We t- touched on it earlier, but it's one of the best weeks of the year. It starts uh, in a couple days. I have a million bets placed uh, on the Masters. Um, I love it. I'll take the under that you placed a million bets. Yeah, slightly under. (laughs) No, I'm excited, man. I can't wait. Uh, I win 09. It's just such an incredible experience. So fun to watch. It's gorgeous. And we don't have to deal with refs. That's my main takeaway. After watching college basketball this past weekend, I guess yesterday and, and Sunday, don't have to deal with refs. That's a positive. Who's your pick? Who's your pick to win the Masters? Man, how can you go against Scotty Scheffler? Okay, outside of Scotty Scheffler, because I agree. So you have to take Scotty Scheffler, but let's yeah. say outside of Scotty Scheffler. Man, I almost want to go with someone who's won it before. Who I really like who's not won it before is Abraham Answer. Oh. The reason being, you don't have to be extremely long. You have to be very, very precise and accurate at Augusta. That means more to me. If you're in the rough, if you're in the pine straw, those some of the most famous shots have come from the pine straw. It's because they show you the ones that work, not the ones that end up in the water. I always like Abraham answer. I don't know about him winning, but him to make the cut. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he's still in this. 
because he did good. Was it last year in the Masters? Yeah, he's in the field. Yeah, I, I, I like Abraham answer to at least make the cut if that's a bet. Uh, I know you probably need more bets just to throw on, so I'd, I'd go with that one. Can't get behind Bryson and his par 67. I can't get behind, can't get behind any of the live players. That's why I, I, dude, I, can't I would either. normally like Abraham answer at this course, but I can't get behind any live player. Dude, I can't either. And I talked about it in the radio show the other day, actually yesterday. I said, what have you heard from these live guys? They basically just took the money and said, all right, we don't really care. The tournaments right. don't mean anything. The scores aren't great. The courses aren't great. No one cares. The production isn't great. You better hope that money was up front because I don't know how liquid that's going to be going forward. If no eyes, no sponsors are on this thing, uh, that live tour is going to be interesting. Who do you have besides Scott, Scotty Scheffler? My three, I have four outright picks bets locked in. Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley, Jason Day, and Tom Ooh. Kim. Okay. Uh, it's a yearly tradition of mine to bet on Xander Shoffley at the Masters. I'm convinced. I saw a vision that Xander Shoffley would one day win the Masters. He's broken my heart on Sunday twice. T2 in 2019, T3 last year. Um, but his game's trending in the right direction. Uh, he's solid everywhere. His irons are dialed in. Um, had success here in the past, as I mentioned. So uh, if I were to pick one guy, I'll go I'll go with my guy X. Not Rory. No. no I, I've, Rory. I, I've accepted I'm, I'm not going to bet on Rory to win the Masters anymore. And if it happens, I'll be happy for Rory. And I'll, I'm willing to lose my bets for Rory to win the Masters. But I'm I'm done betting on him to win the Masters. It's a good, good bet. Rory top ten. Rory top five. Rory right. winning? No, no, can't can't quite get there. Uh, but this is a little golf segment for you at the end of stacking the box. Uh, call it what? Putting the box? Ooh, that's know. not bad. We can putting work. in we can the work, box. Work we can work. I don't know. That. I'm not clever enough, Ian. You got to come up with something here. <sighs> stacking the birdies. Damn Stack- it. You're stacking, actually smart. <laughs> stacking the powers. No, stacking the birdies. Yeah, what the hell, Richard? You, Verderam leaves. I can at least get him on some of these puns, but Ian comes in and he's just that creative. Come on, making me look bad. Ian McMillan. Follow him on Twitter, Twitter at Ian McBets. I-A-I-N-M-A-C-B-E-T-S. You can follow me on Twitter at HomestretchKC. If you want good betting advice, go to Ian. If you want to lose bets, don't listen to me because I probably won't even put it on my Twitter because I feel bad. I feel bad losing people money. That's where I'm at. I go, you know what? I'm not even going to throw my bets out there because I don't want to lose you money if you listen to me. I'm an idiot. Bet against me. That might be your best bet. We're going to be watching the Masters. We'll be talking and, and learning and going more in depth with everything regarding the NFL going up until next week, uh, Tuesday. We'll be back here on Tuesday at 11 Uh, AM Central. Until then, this was Stacking the Box. We are out. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.